0: Welcome, friends and enemies, to episode nine and a half, nine and three quarters, if you will, of NerdPod Generations. Uh, My name is Alfred Jutsum, and we are doing just a little mini-sode today. Uh, My illustrious co-host, Steve Taylor, uh, is currently recovering from his second shot of the fauci vaccine. So, uh, the good news is that Steve will soon be 100% certifiably... uh, strong against all variant of the COVID v- virus, and, uh, we can hug again. <laughs> uh, but the bad news is that he's not here right now. Uh, he, he is recovering, because that second shot is a hell of a thing, and it will put you on your ass real fast. Um... So you're stuck with just me today, but that's okay. We're still gonna have fun. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode. We're gonna do things very similarly though. we're gonna try and keep things all in order. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys out are uh, the you, you all all you good friends and enemies out there that you uh you get a good show. So uh what we're gonna be talking about today, is uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit about some movies that uh, I personally love that I don't see people talk about a whole lot uh, outside of very strict film circles or just in general Uh, from there we're gonna jump off we're gonna play a little game uh, that probably already has a name that you know everybody has their own name for but I'm calling it align the stars Uh, it's kind of a reverse version of the seven or the six degrees of Kevin Bacon and uh, we're gonna we're gonna also talk about some actors we want to see uh make that jump from character actor to let's get them in something a little bigger that'll get them some more uh notoriety so first we're going to talk though about where you can find us Uh, you can find this lovely podcast at uh, spotify and on apple podcasts uh, as well as on anchor and really just about any podcasting place that you so choose uh, everybody has their favorite uh so i'm sure that we're there whichever one you're enjoying um if you wanted to you can also find our podcast on uh my and steve's individual websites uh you can find steve at staylorbooks.com uh there he has his various writings and work and uh this show so if you want to check out his portal to the show there it is. Uh, otherwise, you can also check it out at JotsumStudios.work, and that's where you can find me. Uh, so you can find my uh, photography. I do some action figure stuff and I'm getting some writing stuff up there. Uh, we're a little behind on some writing stuff right now, but I'm hoping to uh, have it up fairly soon. Um, so yeah, uh, judsumstudios.org under the Bronx Division tab. There's the show, there's pictures, there's a good boy who guards our comments section. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, let's uh, go and, and see what we can find here in this pile of movies that people have just kind of left behind. So now, I should I should mention these are movies that I personally really enjoy, um, and which are very interesting and unique in their own way. Uh, but they weren't huge hits when they came out, um, with the exception of like one or two of them. Uh, None of these really like blew the doors off the box office um, But man, they're good movies and if you haven't seen them, you should go out and see them um, So we're gonna start with a little board game a-thon here we got two board game movies that I think are excellent and um, underrepresented in the world of Nerd culture right now. So the first one we got is Clue from 1985. Uh, so this one is a little bit of a walk back, but it's excellent. It's very, very good. Uh, would recommend very highly. Um, so with Clue, it's, it has this great cast of, uh, character actors, including Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Madeline Kahn, uh, Martin Mull. These, these are all people that you might not know by name, but you would definitely know their faces if you saw them. Um, and some of them you hopefully do know. In the case of at least Christopher Lloyd, um, but if you haven't seen Back to the Future, we got a whole other conversation we need to have. Uh, go and do that if you haven't. It's very good. You may have heard. Um, anyway, uh, Clue is just—it's just fun. It's—it's it's a silly, over-the-top movie. The entire thing is wacky. It. it you know, it both takes itself seriously and it doesn't. It's a John Landis movie, so there's just this this level of madcap that is so unique to his movies, if you've seen uh, An American Werewolf in London. It's the same kind of thing where there are equal parts. You know, I, I don't know if in Clue, they're, they're necessarily the same kind of scares that you get in American Werewolf, but um, there's this, you know, kind of Paul hanging over the entirety of this movie um, because it, it does center around a murder, but at the same time, it's exceptionally fun. It's very funny. Uh, it's so well-acted and well-directed. There's multiple endings so that you can have different people who actually end up doing the crime. It's, oh, it's just everything about it. It is so good. The writing is the kind of writing where they drop little breadcrumbs for you all the way through, and you don't even notice until they start putting them together. And you're like, oh yeah, that did happen. Oh yeah, they did say that. Um it's a nice bottle movie so it all takes place in one place. Uh and as a result you have this great set design for the mansion uh which really brings to life the uh the the two-dimensional mansion of the board game. Uh it's but it's just fun. It's just a fun fun movie. Uh, It's good for Halloween. It's good for spooky times. It's good for uh, just if you want to have like a nice little uh, summer night movie. It would be a perfect little summer evening movie. Um, And one that I think everybody can enjoy. There's murder in it. So, you know, take that as you will. But it's from 85. So take that as you will. Um, Yeah, I would definitely recommend. Uh, The other one, the other... We have a few board game movies here that we're going to talk about. Uh, The other one is not actually a board game movie, but it might as well be. Um, And I'm not talking about Battleship. I am talking about uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which is to say Real Steel. Uh, Real Steel came out in 2011, and if you haven't seen it, it's fun on a bun. This is a good, just silly, stupid, fun time. Uh, Are there some moments that don't necessarily land? sure are there some things that you kind of look at and you're like oh eh, that's a little it's it's somewhere between cringy and cute I can't really tell where it lands on that line but it's it's in between those points um but that said this is an excellent movie this is just so good uh it's just a lot of fun it's robot boxing it's uh it's it's well directed the action sequences are very well done, the characters are very likable, and uh, you, you want to spend time with them. The, the, the lead, uh, Hugh Jackman, is plays the lead, and he uh, is kind of the irascible type. He's an ex-boxer, um, but he has a heart of gold, and he meets uh, his son for the first time, uh, who is 12, I believe. Um, and is, it's just this very lovely movie of both him becoming a dad, but also robot boxing. Uh, so I would highly recommend it. Uh, that's just, I, I this is one of those movies that you just go to when you just want to have some fun. You don't really care about, uh, it being, you know, a super serious or super well-developed or. Uh, you know, one of those movies where the script is like a 10 out of 10. The script here is not a 10 out of 10. I'm going to come right out and say that. Um, but, but it is excellent and it is fun and the style is great. The acting is great. The music is pretty good, if I remember correctly. Um, and it's just, it's just a fun, fun movie. It's cause it's rock'em sock'em robots. I mean, what can you not like about rock'em sock'em robots? It's ridiculous, and silly, and awesome, and great, and the the design of the robots is excellent, and the animation on them is very good, and the way that they're introduced into the world is excellent, and just all these different elements and developments. There's, There's this sense that this has been around like a good solid 10 years in World, and so you get that feeling of it being grounded and understood. You know, they talk about, legendary robots from previous fights and all these other things it's just fun it's just a good good time um the tech isn't overly crazy it feels somewhat realistic it feels grounded in that sense it doesn't have like this over the top kind of style you can see a lot of these things happening and and kind of the world that they develop and cultivate is one that is very recognizable so I, I love it. It's great. It's very silly, but very good, and would highly recommend. If you haven't seen Real Steel and you just want to have some fun, that is a movie that is good for the entire family. That's a solid family film, um, and it's just fun. It's just a good, silly movie. Um, there is violence, and there's, you know, some stuff that some parents might be a little turned off by, but I would show this to my kids without a second thought. Is just, this is good stuff. I know it's PG-13, but it, it's still, it's I think it's great. Um, so we're gonna pivot from there, from fighting robots uh, to uh, Fantastic Foxes. And if you have never seen Fantastic Mr. Fox from 2009, this is a Wes Anderson film uh, based on the book by Roald Dahl. And if you have not seen this movie, do yourself a favor. And set some time aside and watch it because it's not long; it's less than an hour and a half, and it is so damn good. This is just so funny, and it's so Wes Anderson. I don't know how many of our listeners have really taken the time to go back and and you know check out the Wes Anderson catalog. Um, I personally think Wes Anderson falls; he falls into that auteur category, which means that he's kind of a a film nerds guy so like if you're a nerdy film person you gotta check out Wes Anderson and if you're not a filmy nerd person then you're still gonna love Fantastic Mr. Fox because it's exceptionally approachable it's Wes Anderson made for kids so the style is there but the writing is approachable for children it doesn't get into really heady topics until it does but it does them in these just lovely kind of ways the way that all the characters talk the way that they interact with each other the world that they bring to life is just so good and it has so many funny quotable lines i was hanging out with some friends this last weekend and we spent a good 20 minutes just quoting lines from fantastic mr fox it is so good and funny and sharp the voice cast is great it's led by George Clooney, Uh, you also got Bill Murray in there, you got Meryl Streep, you got Jason Schwartzman, Uh, you got a bunch of different um, uh, standouts from the Wes Anderson uh, uh, movie train, Um, and you have, uh, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is uh, Albus Dumbledore himself, I believe it's Michael Gambon plays the villain. so it's just a fun time it's just so good um and it's it's silly it's silly fun this is absolutely something that you could watch with children as young as like i, I don't know you how you you apparently don't start understanding film until or story telling until you're about five or six so four because like this movie is just so approachable and welcoming you know, so you might not get everything as a four-year-old, um, but damn, if this this is one of those movies you come back to, uh, and you get more and more every time you come back to this well. And since it's under an hour and a half, it's an easy well to go back to. It's funny, it's sharp, it's so good, there's so much going on, the animation is beautiful, the voice directing is so good, the voice acting is so good, the art direction is amazing. There's Like, everything about this movie... Is spectacular or fantastic as the case is Um, so I'm going to talk about one more and this one I'm going to throw a little caveat on I'm going to throw just like a tiny little caveat on top of it Um, so this is a movie that I very much want to go back and rewatch I saw it years ago and I remember it feeling a little distant um, and a little it was it was a little uh, What's the term I'm looking for? It, it it felt unapproachable in some ways. And this may have been just my mindset when I was watching it or whatever, because, again, this was, like, right after I finished high school. Uh, So the movie Sunshine is a Danny Boyle movie. It's uh, written by Alex Garland, and it has this pedigree that is, like, Scott Pilgrim-level pedigree of just, like, wow, everybody in this is amazing. And... Everybody who's behind the camera is amazing. And all of these things feel like they should add up to an incredible film. And so I'm personally giving myself the challenge. I want to go back and rewatch this movie. Um, Because this is something that I really feel like I maybe missed out on. I didn't get the full experience the first time. Um, And I just, I really want to go back and see what there is to see there. Uh, It's been a solid uh you know 10 almost 15 years good lord uh it's been a long time (laughs) since i saw it i remember being excited about it when it came out i remember being disappointed when i watched it um but i now i gotta go back and i gotta check it out because you know hell if i'm gonna sit through uh spider-man homecoming twice i can sit through sunshine twice and and make sure that there's not something there um and there is your spider-man homecoming burn for episode nine and three quarters. Um, So the other reason I bring up Sunshine is because I want to play a little game. Uh, Now, again, I I imagine most people play this game uh, in their own way, one way or another, Um, but I'm calling it Align the Stars. And, And basically, this is the game where you're watching a movie and suddenly the you know half the marvel universe falls out of the ceiling as far as the cast goes you know you just suddenly you're like oh you're here oh and you're here and you're here and oh my god you're here uh we talked a few weeks ago about Kong skull island and this would be definitely one of those where it's like oh so we have loki and we have nick fury and we have captain marvel and if you really want to we have the guy from the nova corps um in uh john c riley So, this is... I bring this up because several of the movies that I brought up today, specifically Sunshine and Real Steel, are just bounties of this kind of thing to to dig into. So, if this is your bag, go back and check them out because uh, this is... I'll start with Real Steel. Real Steel's cast begins with Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, uh, who is in a uh, a will-they-won't-they they relationship with the Wasp, Evangeline Lilly. He gets jobs from the Falcon, Anthony Mackey, and he's, uh, in deep debt to the Blob, uh, who, let me remember his name, his name, because he's a good actor, I want to get this right, is Kevin Durand. Um, so, that that that's just one of those movies where the all four characters come back over and over and over again and cross paths and so you just can't help but be like oh look who's talking and it's you two and you guys look like you're getting on and oh no this isn't gonna end well for anybody is it oh boy it's just a good time i love i love playing that game where you're just watching something casually and you're all of a sudden like oh oh um so to that end i'm gonna pump this up a little bit and instead of just marvelizing it i say let's go let's go in let's go in a little bit and let's do um some some general superhero nerd culturey movie stuff um so we're going to pivot back to sunshine and uh look at that cast because holy crumbs so you have the cast starts with killian murphy aka the scarecrow uh chris evans aka captain america rose byrne aka moira mctaggart from the rebooted x-men movies uh, benedict wong aka wong uh, from the doctor strange and avenger movies uh, mark strong aka sinestro and uh the villain from shazam what was the villain's name in shazam um we'll get that and come back to you hang on one sec um but yeah so that's just in terms of comic book movies if we blow that out Dr. Sivana yes Dr. Savannah. yeah we'll see apparently has a caterpillar friend now so we'll see if that turns into anything I have no idea um anyway what if there was a crossover between those two moments right there's, there's a multiverse out there where you have Mark Strong playing two different characters in the same movie. <laughs> They're both DC villains uh, at, at different levels of villainy, uh, depending. Sinestro's, Sinestro's up there, but Dr. Sivana, not not a widely known, uh, as far as I'm aware. But I'm getting distracted uh, because we also need to talk about some of the great character actors in Sunshine. Um, specifically, Hiroyuki Sonata, who plays Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen him in other places. He pops up a lot of the time. He was in Avengers Endgame as the head of the Yakuza, who is being hunted by Ronin, a.k.a. Hawkeye, a.k.a. Clint Barton. Uh, and, yeah, he he's here. He plays, I believe, the captain, Michelle Yeoh, from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, who I didn't... I guess I, I'd forgotten. She plays one of the... Um, og guardians in uh guardians of the galaxy volume two with uh sylvester stallone's team but she she's a character actress that i i'm shocked is not in the mcu already and i hope finds a better role than you know third tier on the second guardians team uh which is the first guardians team which is its own thing (laughs) i was i was excited to see martin X. I'll give you that. And Charlie 27, I didn't think that was gonna happen. But hey, here we are, and that's cool. And uh, I don't know why you cast Miley Cyrus as as their their little junk bot friend. But hey, we're that's fine. It's you know it's what you want to do. And I have no idea if anything's actually gonna come from this movie. Uh, maybe we'll never come back to it. Maybe it will just be one of those moments that stands in history. So when you're watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two with your kids and you see that again, you're like, oh yeah they never did anything with that. So we'll see. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. But yeah, there's there are so many great actors in this movie, similar to Scott Pilgrim where you're just tripping over these amazing actors who were just getting started in their career. Um it's so good. Uh it's a you know, I'm I'm very eager to go back and check it out and see what there is to find there um, because I, I feel confident that there is definitely something to find there when you have you know just having Danny Boyle and Alex Garland as your starting ground that's an excellent starting ground um, so throwing in that kind of cast is just I now I got to now I got to give it you know another two hours of my time um, so from there we're going to pivot into this last little bit we're gonna close out the show with this um we're gonna close out a little early because there's only half of us so the show is gonna be about half as long um but uh, we're gonna close out with this uh because uh the another character actor speaking of character actors I want to talk about other character actors who I want to see more of um you know uh hiroyuki Sonata notwithstanding I would love to see him as more than just a person who walks in and out of frame in a marvel movie um maybe he can come back as part of the yakuza there's a lot of storylines that you could do there um i previously would uh, or uh, as i said before michelle Yeoh. that sounds like a great plan um cliff curtis is another character actor he's a new zealand character actor uh and he's another name that you might not know but you definitely know his face he was in uh, fear of the walking dead he was uh, in uh, I believe Hobbs and Shaw he had made an appearance in Hobbs and Shaw um, He was in the Meg. He uh, was in <laughs> the Really terrible last airbender avatar movie. He was in dr. Sleep uh, Going way back here. He was in uh, runaway jury and um, You know uh, the fountain sunshine uh, live free or die hard He's been in a ton of stuff, so you have definitely, probably, but pretty surely seen him in something or come across him at some point. Um, And he is just a stellar character actor. He is so good. Every time I see him in anything, he doesn't always play the same role, but he does bring the same just excellent view and timing and patience to the role. Um, So whether it's a more intense role, and he has to be a little angrier, whether it's a more familiar role, or a uh, more uh, authoritative role, or a more professorial role, he is so good in all of these different places, and he just always nails the character, you always end up feeling deeply for the characters that he plays um so i would love to see i have no idea where he could fit into the mcu or a, a superhero movie of some kind but i would just love to see him come in um and you know just bring that that intensity and and that dedication to um to a, a bigger audience honestly um and in that same air we're gonna bring up clifton curtis who is not the same guy uh or Excuse me, Clifton Collins, who is not the same guy as Cliff Curtis. He is a different guy. Um, he was in Pacific Rim. He was in Scott Pilgrim versus the world as one of the vegan police officers. Uh, he has been in a bunch of different things. Again, oh, he was in Westworld. Um, he was the prisoner that uh, Ed Harris takes in the first season, um, that is supposed to be his guide. Uh, this guy is, again, just an excellent excellent actor who falls perfectly into any role that he's given um and he does them so exquisitely and so well and there's just this joy and friendliness to his characters that is palpable it's very good um i'd love to see him in a a marvel level movie where he just gets a big level of exposure whether it's marvel whether it's star wars i mean obviously pacific rim but like i want to see something you know that's not, even even by nerd standards, there's a level of niche to Pacific Rim. Um, so there's two more that I want to talk about. And for these, I was actually like, oh, you know what? I would love to see them play this role. Uh, so the first goes out to my wife. Um, I would love to see Clancy Brown play Ares, the god of war, when they inevitably bring the uh, Greek gods into the Marvel Universe. Uh, Ares is a single dad. <laughs> Ares is Tony Stark's replacement for Thor <laughs> because of course he is. Um, if I remember correctly, the idea was that they were getting a twofer when they uh, he Tony is putting together a new Avengers team post-Civil War with Carol Danvers. She's going to be the... The actual leader of the Avengers But Tony is kind of like He's at this point he's the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. So he's got his fingerprints all over everything that's going on Um, And he's the one that brings up Ares And I believe the idea was to replace Thor and Wolverine with one guy Uh, You would have the battle savagery of Wolverine and the godlike power of Thor. Uh, So that's Ares. And I would just love to see Clancy Brown play this role because he's a massive, massive man. Uh, He has the stature. He has the look. uh, Just grow out his hair a little bit and have him, you know, he could easily play a super strong construction worker who has a son at home and no one really thinks anything of until... You know, Tony Stark comes by and is like, Hey, uh, we know who you are, and uh, we kind of want your help with some stuff. Do you mind uh, lending us some of your time? Um, and so so that's one. And then circling back to the Yakuza, I would love... This is a character that I've been just dying to see finally make her way into the, the Marvel Universe because she deserves a place. Um, she's a newer character. Uh, and she... <laughs> I won't say she got stiffed in the uh, comics, but she had to abandon her first character pretty quickly, uh, or her first costume, I should say. Um, so that's this is this is this character Echo. So this is Maya Lopez, and Echo is a uh, Native American Hispanic woman who uh, is born deaf, but similar to Taskmaster can emulate any action she sees instantly so she plays the piano she can carry on a conversation and not have anybody know the difference between her being deaf and not being deaf because she can read lips so well and she can perfectly mimic uh, speech Um, she also happens to be an incredible hand-to-hand combatant from watching Bruce Lee movies and the Avengers and their various exploits over the years Uh, So she kicks a lot of ass. And she is just so fascinating as a character. She joins the Avengers very briefly. She's the original Ronin, which is why I bring up the Yakuza. Because when we first meet her in the new Avengers, uh, she is embroiled trying to uh, get through the Yakuza underground. Uh, to get some information, uh, which ends up being connected back to Secret Invasion. So once again, just one more line that we can draw back to Secret Invasion if we really wanted to because everything is building to Secret Invasion right now, It's not. it seems like. So let's draw one more line and bring Maya Lopez in because she is just so good. She's from the Daredevil camp. Um, I believe she got her start in uh, the Daredevil comics in i want to say 2000 the early 2000s Um, she's great there she's this very interesting uh dynamic character who immediately gets your attention and your respect um so when she graduates to being ronin uh she is she has that full character to her uh that when ronin's introduced that's echo there is no other ronin um, and it's not until hawkeye's revived and decides not to take up the mantle of hawkeye again or captain america but to become Ronin um that she goes back to being echo um so it i want to see this character bloom i want to see her given a real chance here uh and so i'm i'm very curious to see uh if this could be something that you could introduce if you know bringing uh this idea that they're gonna keep charlie cox as daredevil you could introduce her via him you could put her into the you know doctor strange multiverse you could put her into the shang chi movie i mean there's so many places you could stick her um to to get her launched but i i really want to see echo as a character i think she's massively underutilized and just this really excellent cool fun awesome character Um, And for anybody who watches Legion, we have a a young woman who can play her, uh, Amber Midthunder, who plays, let me make sure I get this right. Um, She is one of the fusing mutants uh, along with uh, Bill Irwin. Uh, Characters. Uh, carry loudmouth louder milk yeah so the, the mutants that can uh, one is bill Irwin, the the guy who looks like he could be kirk connors and the other is amber mid-thunder and they share a body but not one body like they their atoms turn into i it, i'm not gonna I, I don't i don't know i don't know but the larger point is that she is great in legion She kicks a lot of ass. That's her entire job in Legion is to kick ass. And I think that she would be amazing as Echo. I think that would just be so good and such a nice, fresh take. And there's not a lot of canon that you have to bring along. There's very limited amounts of anything that you have to commit to. You can grow her as a character organically Um that is that is an untapped well as far as i'm concerned so uh let's bring echo into the mcu i think that i think it's time for that um we need we need more women in the mcu uh and echo is perfect for that um so that's where we're gonna leave off today uh we're gonna we're gonna check out uh sunshine in the upcoming weeks. Anybody else who wants to check that out with me, uh, send me your comments. Um, Let me know what you think or why I'm an idiot for not watching it yet or why I'm an idiot for suggesting that you should watch it and why you hated it. Because really, this is the internet and those are the only two options because what is nuance in the modern world? Um, But yeah, this has been NerdPod Generations. Uh, My name is Alfred Jutsum. Once again, you can find me at JutsumStudios.Work under the Bronx Division tab. Uh, My illustrious co-host Steve Taylor will be returning next week when we will be talking about uh, either science fiction movies or punting in media, uh, which is uh, a topic that I am very eager to talk about as a football fan and a nerd. so, and don't worry, we'll describe what a punt is for anybody who has no idea what a football punt is. It's, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the rundown on it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the show for this week. We love you all very, very much. And until next week, have a good night, friends and enemies.